you know, I'll go do it in uniform and go pick your guitar up. You go to the house, you stop by with the police car. And that stuff goes a long way within our communities. And those people remember that stuff because not only is it a policing as a profession, but it's a calling to do this, right? And that's why I firmly believe in releasing music that is, you know, about uplifting music and real issues that we see. Between the Grooves is hosted by James Curtis, music director and morning man in the greater Toronto area on Joy Radio. And Aisha Woods, Grammy-nominated singer, songwriter, and musician. Together, they talk with artists and industry insiders to discover our connection between music and faith. You can connect with us on Facebook or Twitter, at Between Grooves. Now, here's James and Aisha. Welcome back to Between the Grooves. James Curtis along with Aisha Woods. How are you doing, Aisha? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? I'm doing fabulous. Fabulous. Good. Good. I'm glad to hear it. You know what? I forgot to mention to you, I was recently looking at some of the stats for Between the Grooves. I really don't get a chance to do that very often. Do you realize that Uh we've had over 10,000 downloads in the last year? No. Are you serious? Yeah. 10,000 downloads. Just in the last 12 months. That's a big number. It is a big number. Is it a great number? Oh my goodness. It should be more, of course. That's what the, that's what uh, my wife would say. It's got to be more than that. You've got to <laughs> do better than that, you know, or my mom. That's what she would oh say. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but 10,000, uh, that's not bad for 12 months. Uh, it seems to be growing, which is a good thing. So, uh, yeah, we appreciate all the people listening to the podcast and appreciate all your comments and, and uh, whatnot. We love hearing from you. Yeah, for sure. This week, a very special guest. Um, he's a Christian artist. He's got a little bit of twist of country happening as well, but he's also a mm-hmm. cop. He's a cop. He's a police officer. Which is so, interesting. Uh, Sterling John, he's been involved in Christian music for a while. We've been playing some of his music on the radio as well, and I thought it'd be good to chat with him just about uh, where he's come from and uh, and the fact that he's a police officer adds a little bit of a flavor that that perhaps um, I haven't seen I don't know of any any artist that really has you know their main job or, or whatever their career is is a is a police officer yeah I, I this still fascinates me um, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to hearing how he handles it all. Well, let's get into it. Sterling John on Between the Grooves. Can you hear us? I, I can hear you as well. Um, here, let me grab some headphones just so I can plug them in. We've been trying to get you on the podcast for a long time, for for a really long time. It, we've been going back and forth and trying to line up schedules. Rescheduling and stuff. Yeah, between your schedule, our schedule, and uh, I guess the fact that you're a police officer doesn't help. No, it it is a busy schedule, you know, like uh, today's a prime example, but uh, thanks for being so understanding and uh, and starting a bit early today. That, uh, that certainly helped my schedule this morning. Um, I, I don't want to uh, sound disrespectful or or anything like that. I don't I don't, you know, wake up in the morning as most people would trying to insult anybody. But when I was in school, there were a, a whole bunch of different terms and and descriptions and um, how do I say this nicely? Uh, when I grew up in school, we talked about North American Indians. We talked about Eskimos. We talked about Native Americans. We talked Indigenous. We talked First Nations. So I don't want to appear mm-hmm. that I'm naive or anything like that. But I've, I, I, there's been so many changes over the years. What is the right term to use? Yeah, you know, honestly, uh, Indigenous would be 
would be the uh, appropriate term. Like, and I agree, like uh, North American, like even on our, on, on a status card, it still says Indian status card. Right. Right. Really? uh, No kidding. It it does. Yeah. And that's right from the government of Canada. So it's interesting, you know, there's been a lot of uh, new, new terms and all that, but, you know, honestly um, saying indigenous is, is, is appropriate. I guess. Yeah. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. It's, it's confusing sometimes. And, and uh, you know, as I said, I don't want to be disrespectful or anything like that. I, I admire what you've done. um, First of all, with your heritage, but also, being a cop, um, and even with your music, you've kind of been around the block. Like you've seen everything, haven't you? Oh my goodness! I was called out uh, just about three hours ago um, to a uh, uh, a shooting, actually, in southern Alberta. Uh, I work on the police helicopter as well, but um, I had two things happening this morning. I had our uh, at our show, and we also have a, tri- a trial at nine thirty this morning. So. I was able to line up another uh, tackle flight officer to go on the helicopter on that call this morning. Uh, but yeah, there's no no shortage of wow. of uh, interesting calls out there for sure. How does that play wow. in your music? You know what? It, it really works well. Um, I have a. I, I never put any of my schedule in my phone because I'm always afraid if I lose my phone, I'll lose my schedule. So I actually have a, a blue line calendar that that I input everything in there. Um, you know, so yeah, and I I've been doing that for years. So I have like oh tons of these blue line uh, calendars that I can go back and and look at okay what we've done this month, um, but also moving forward with uh, with gigs, uh, with court commitments, with uh, kids schedules, uh, soccer, uh, music, all sorts of stuff, but also um, callouts as well. So. Yeah, it's something I need to continue doing because it's a busy schedule. My goodness. I I have a question for you. Now, with you being in law enforcement, it's so fascinating to me that you wear that hat, but at the same time, you are an artist, a recording Mm -hmm. artist. How did that come about? It really, uh, it goes back to my roots, you know, as, as a young child, I, I remember performing in church there when I was like five in Ontario. Uh-huh. And, uh, so the passion of music was fostered at a very young age, but, uh, as we grew up, you know, me and my brothers, we, we chose, uh, different careers and, and those were our passions too, as kids. So we kind of did everything. Um, and looking back, you know, I, I wish I had of um, pursued music at a younger age as well. But looking back too, I realized that, you know, I lacked much life experience at that time in my life. And, um, you know, to be an artist, I, I firmly believe that we have to sing to what we, we can speak to, what we believe in. Sure. And policing has been one of those careers that has thrown you right into the the thick of it and giving you firsthand experiences to what exactly is going on within our communities. Um, not just talking about it, but we can speak to these things as well. And, and unfortunately sure. over the last couple of years, we've seen a rise in, you know, through COVID in homelessness with addiction. Addiction is on the rise big time across our country and around the world as mm-hmm. well. But I can speak to what I'm seeing here in Canada and that really has 
I've shifted the kind of music I've been doing as well over the last couple of years to come back more true to my roots. So, wow. yeah, music has really been a great opportunity uh, for me within the communities. And honestly, the, the RCMP has been a big support uh, with uh, my pursuit of music as well. So it, it certainly benefited our communities because, you know, you build those, those relationships with those people in the community. Sure. They know you first by your first name uh sometimes and um and a lot of the music is derived from situations within the communities i've worked in so yeah so why don't we solve all of uh the world's problems right now um (laughs) what do you think you mentioned homelessness in particular and addiction what do you think has caused this especially the increase over the years well i I, I do have my thoughts, opinions, and beliefs, and I, I have to be careful somewhat uh, not to become too political on some of them. Um, but from what I've seen is, um, you know, the the cost of living has gone up so much within our country that I, I say sure. to many people, how do people survive? Mm-hmm. How are people yeah. surviving in Ontario? The cost of housing is through the roof. In Vancouver, the cost of housing is through the roof. In some of the other it's provinces, it's more brother. affordable. Yeah. <laughs> so so I think what's happening is we're seeing a lot of desperation out there right now. A lot of people are finding it very difficult to find hope, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't forget my roots. You know, we grew up with not much. Um, I'm thankful for the opportunities that have been afforded to me through my job sure. to have financial stability, but I don't forget about what, what my roots were. And... Mm-hmm. I carry that through with my music now because I know and I deal with the people that are really struggling um, to make ends meet. And it can be as simple as, you know, a family falling apart, you know, and divorce happens. And then, you know, mom and dad are going through the divorce courts and, you know, these things eat up a lot of people's money. Um, The resources aren't necessarily there for proper counseling for some people. Right. And people hit a rock bottom in their life. And it can be as simple as that. That's really building on our homelessness issues, um, people reverting into addictions, right? So it's a multitude of reasons, but um, that's just one example of, I think, what's happening is we're, we're seeing a lot, of, um, a lot of issues with financials and uh, within households in our, in our country. So, yeah, it's, uh, I've driven down to downtown Edmonton there uh, recently and, you know, you go to Hope Mission and you, you drop stuff off and, you know, you try to help the people, but it, it, it isn't a good situation down there and Calgary is no different and Toronto is no different. So, um, mm. yeah, it, it's, it's not, a, not a good thing for sure. But in your job capacity... Um you you obviously see a lot of hopelessness so doesn't that make you somewhat hopeless because you can only do so much well you know i think that when you have when you have and you strive to have a servant's heart it does get heavy because you want to help as many people as you can and sometimes you feel like you're not helping enough um what does downtime look like for you what do you do for enjoyment yeah, so I actually booked some time off in October <laughs> to have a couple there days you off. Go. 
You going on vacation? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I, I work a four on four off shift schedule. So when I take one okay. set off, it gives me 12 days technically off as long as I don't book it full of music stuff. Um, it does give me a, an opportunity to, you know, get out of town. Um, so I took a set off in October and I'm going to be at the GMAs in, in Ontario in November. Um, nice. but quite honestly, I don't like booking stuff because I don't like getting committed to plans. Um, just in case, uh, other things come up. Sure. Yeah. When you're off, when you've got the, that time off, um, a couple of questions and I'm just really curious more than anything else. Uh, number one, are you on call? And number two, what happens if there's a court date uh, determined while you're off? Like, do you have to show up for court? Because police officers have to do that all the time. Where they, If they don't show up, the, the guy gets scot-free. Yeah, so today's a day off for me. Um, and I got called out at 5 o'clock this morning. And uh, I had to defer that call to another tackle flight officer. And then at 9.30 this morning... Um, I'm, I'm in trial uh, for a uh, another matter. So yeah, it's a, it's always go go go. Um, I think I've been working for the last uh, technically the last 14 days, but um, mm. when I worked up north, it was much different. Um, you would be working an eight-hour shift schedule, but you would be on call 16 hours a day. Um, so you'd technically be working 24 hours a day, and sometimes that went on for I think the longest stretch I had was 17 days. But there's certainly, these are the sacrifices that police officers make as well as their families to uh, provide that security to people in Canada. And people sometimes don't realize that is some of these posts that, um, that a police officer works in are not, um, are not places that many people want to live. So they're called limited duration posts. So we worked up north, about 10 hours north of Edmonton in, in a place called Port Vermilion, and I worked in Fox Lake sometimes. Um, they just lost their detachment there, got burnt to the ground with the forest fires. Um, but uh, up there, it was a fly in, fly out, and you'd be in two weeks at a time. So, yeah, it's um, but that's just the way it goes, and and uh, providing those police services to you know Canadians. So why did you become a cop? Why did you become, you know, why did you get involved in law enforcement? When I was a child, I, I saw a police pursuit go past my house and uh, it just excited me so much. And my uncle, uh, he was uh, a police officer in Ontario and I just had such a, a love for, you know, emergency lights and, you know, just the idea of going fast and, um, and that just stuck with me for my whole life. So, uh, it never faded that that passion and and um, you know I, I wanted to get in, get into policing when I was young, but I was always told that you know you're not going to make it in until you're 27 years old and that was kind of the average hiring age of a police officer at the time, anyways. And oh, wow. I always had this attitude of you know well I I can try. Right. And I, I applied to a few different police forces like the Ontario Provincial Police, Peel Regional, Niagara Regional. And I, I just got deferred because of my age. Oh. And so I put my application in with the, the Royal Canadian Mount of Police in Ontario. And I, I got an interview and started going through the process. And I'm like, well, I got to keep going through with this. And uh, 
I remember sitting outside of the uh, the New Market RCMP there, and I'm like, why am I even here? Like, I'm never going to get accepted. But, you know, that interviewer, he believed in me, and he gave me a chance. And and that was important, and I bring this this point up because it's important to give people a chance to prove themselves, right? And just because yeah. age, you may lack a few things in life experience. Um, you know, for me, I grew up, uh, I did live on my own at a younger age and worked very hard, worked several jobs, uh, you know, to make ends meet as well. But um, it kind of feeds into the other thing is uh, I was given a chance and I got in the RCP, went through police academy, uh, went off and served communities and and now we're where we are today. But through all that, I've been able to start the Sterling John Foundation for Youth Empowerment as well. And it's a youth initiative foundation where we provide opportunities to youth within our communities that don't necessarily have the proper mentorship in their lives. Um, and stuff that I see firsthand is is a big issue. If we want to make change in our in our communities, in our world, we need to really be reaching out to our youth and sure. helping them sure. along the way because I had that too. And mm -hmm. just like that recruiter with the RCP gave me a chance, we have to give opportunities to others to have a chance if they're going to see mm -hmm. any level of success in any way, shape, or form. So, yeah. Now, how does how does your music play a role in your community initiatives? So I do get called upon quite a bit. Um, I'm known as the singing cop in, uh, All right. in, in <laughs> Enoch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it plays a big role. You know, there's been times recently where I was asked to come and perform at, um, at a funeral of a, of a young girl that passed away. I knew the family well and, and some of the music was actually written about her in, in some of her struggles in her life. And that, um, that girl was proud of, of that song that was written for her, um, you know, and, and she did unfortunately um, fall victim to some struggles in her life. But, mm. you know, the fact is that meant a lot to the family and um, they asked me to come and perform for her at uh, at her wake, and I'm like, you know what? It's heavy stuff, you know, to be a funeral yeah. performer sometimes. Especially if you but, know, if you know the person. I mean, that would be even right. yeah, yeah. But it's a calling, and you know, when you're there, you know, I'll go do it in uniform and go pick your guitar up. You go to the house, and you stop by with the police car, and that stuff goes a long way <clears throat> within our communities. And those people remember that stuff because sure. not only is it a policing, is it a profession, but it's a calling to do this, right? And that's why I firmly believe in in releasing music that is, you know, about up, uplifting music and, and real issues that we see. I can understand mm -hmm. it from that perspective. What I don't understand about the music side of things, I, I mean, you've got a career. Why would you, and I can understand loving music and, and wanting to play music, but why record the music and get your songs out there? Because they're really... As an independent artist, there's, it's a lot of work, and there's not a lot of money to be made. Yeah, it's a ton of work. Um, you know, I, I enjoy it. Like, it's, yeah, I mean, it's easy to sink thousands and thousands of dollars um, into recording. Like, I think probably 
with 20 songs times 4,000. So whatever the math is on that, I mean, certainly. It's an expensive um, hobby. <laughs> it, it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, we do it because we love it. And you know, when, when you perform uh, with your band, uh, even on performances and you, it all comes together, it just feels, it feels healing to do that. And when you do a concert and you see the, the people that are, that are there that some of those songs are speaking to and yeah, you see tears flowing at times too. You realize that, that is the reason why you do what you do because when you sing a song like believe, um, you know, a song where, you know, we don't know everybody's struggles out there. We don't know whether they've lost a loved one to suicide, if they've lost a loved one to drug addiction or if they're going through a divorce and they're just feeling at their, their rock bottom in life. Um, right. We don't know their, their personal struggles, but what I do know is that sometimes those words that are being sung to them are, are words of comfort, right? And um, just the other day, I was at uh, the Edmonton Collado Festival, and there was a, a performer that was coming up after me, and, and she was um, basically saying, she shared with me how she was just not wanting to be there um, she was having a really tough day being a single mom. Um, and she was basically in a roundabout way of saying it, that she was finding it, finding it very hard to push herself to get there. And she's like, you know, that one song that you sang angel in disguise really spoke to me, you know, and she shared her life story about addictions and overcoming that and some relapse and, you know, that is a, that's an example of why we do what we do, you know, like, and I, I said, you know, like, just because you relapse, it doesn't make you a bad person, right? right. Um, but you just have to always know to get back up and get and ride again, right? And, and that is why we do what we do. And, and that's why I love doing what we do, because it's, it's an opportunity where you feel you're making a difference within lives of community, too. Sure, sure. So you write these songs? So I've written uh, several of the songs there. One of the members of my band, Dave Peterson, he's an amazing songwriter, as well as his cousin, Mike Weens. Um, I've recorded many of the songs that uh, that Dave has written, um, and I've also co-written with Dave, too. Um, Mike Weens, okay. his cousin, actually was the writer of Trust in You. And Trust in You is a song that we put out to Christian Radio, um, across Canada and it seems to really uh, be striking a chord with a lot of people because it's just got, got such a powerful message, right? Mm. So, yeah. No, Dave, Dave Peterson was, um, was an artist that came into my life uh, in such an amazing way, actually. I met him through Kijiji. And, uh, were you buying something or were you selling? You know what's funny is I, I was going through a bit of a hard time with music because I was working with a few different artists trying to build a band and it was the wrong fit for me. Wow. And I had I had to cut my losses and just say, okay, sometimes you have to start from scratch. And that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a very lonely moment for me because I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm on my own liter- literally right now and I need wow. to find the right group of guys. So I put a, an ad out on Kijiji. I was in my police car, actually. I pulled over the side of the road, you know, looking for a country and Christian band, uh, guys that want to form a country and Christian band, et cetera. And uh, Dave messaged me 
and he too is a police officer, except on Edmonton City Police side, and we border um, our two jurisdictional areas, and we basically met for coffee, and, were, and the rest was history. Don't tell me you and, met at the uh, donut shop. We met at the donut shop. <laughs> Sorry, that is so and, uh, stereotypical. <laughs> yeah, so Dave Peterson, and uh, and then the rest was history, and then we um, we started jamming music together in Stony Plain, and. Uh, we met Jason Allen, who's an amazing drummer, and he's the graphic arts designer for um, a large grocery store chain out here in Alberta. And he was the person behind the design of my logo. And uh, he's still my drummer to this day. And then uh, Andrew Bagaria, um, he is the music ministry pastor at uh, the Spruce Grove Alliance Church. And he's my bass player, my third vocalist. And then... Uh, Lyle LeClaire, I met him through Kijiji, a phenomenal uh, electric player. And and then through Jason, I met Cameron Brown, my, my keys player. So that's how we formed our six-piece band. As far as musical nice. style is concerned, you mentioned country, you men- mentioned uh, Christian music. Why, why that? Why, like, as compared to hip-hop or whatever else, is it just the style that you grew up with or uh, you just have a passion for that style of music? I remember always listening to Lone Star and Diamond Rio growing up. Now, and I think we should get something straight. Country music isn't really country music anymore. Like, True. you know, it's not the way the traditional country music is. It almost seems no, like country's gone pop more country. pop. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, so has. so it, it certainly changed a bit. But I worked in a in a chicken farm, and that's all we listened to is Alan Jackson. And, and I, I love that kind of music. Um, nice. But yeah, no, my, my roots was, was with Christian music growing up. So I always remember listening to Hillsong and, um, and the Gaithers actually, uh, I always had a dream of performing with the Gaithers one day and maybe that will happen one day. I don't know, but, uh, but yeah, those are my inspirations for sure. So I kind of mix Southern gospel with country and, and Christian contemporary altogether. And this is what you got. That's neat. Wow. Yeah. yeah, when it comes to the Gaithers, they've got the harmonies though, right? Well, exactly. And that's that's what we're big on too, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit more going back now to what you're doing um, as far as, you know, you're, you're the law enforcement, you're the music guy, but you've also started this foundation that you mentioned, the Sterling John Foundation for Youth Empowerment. What's the purpose for that, and and you know where where is it at right now? Like, is it just started? Have you seen some results already? Yeah. So basically, we we put a call out earlier in the year uh, for to identify two artists in Alberta um, who are passionate about the arts, and uh, so we identified uh, Bryce Delorme and Zach Willier, one from Sucker Creek First Nation, the other one from Buffalo Métis Settlement. Um, so we put together a plan package for them and uh, we brought them down to the Calgary Stampede. Um, my music bands uh, backed them on stage to perform at the Calgary Stampede. Um, and this was all done, lots of planning with the Stampede board. So they were awesome to deal with. Mm. And uh, initially I was going to record with them, put them on uh, another single that I'll release in the recording studio. But their voices were so unique and different that I ended up giving them each their own song in studio recorded. And so the foundation 
you know, brought their families down and, and paid for that. And so it was a really cool initiative. And also we did a video for them, but um, we're kind of uh, doing some succession, long-term planning for 2024, 25 uh, for youth with um, work with youth across Canada and um, initiatives for next year. So we have our next meeting there uh, be next week. So yeah, we're we're certainly wanting to develop programs uh, where we can go into schools, work with our youth, but not just uh, work with them, perform for them, uh, motivate them, you know, and share share uplifting stories and and be those mentors where we can be. So that's really what the foundation comes down to. And have you awesome. had a chance to travel around and do some of that already? Yeah. So we've done. I, I do a little bit of that around the city of Edmonton. So going into schools, uh, Alexis reserve, we've gone up there. Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, the problem is time. And, um, you know, I find that's my biggest struggle. So I brought on one of my former managers that I worked with in the past. I brought her on with the foundation and she's going to be helping out on, uh, working stuff out with that as well. So we can grow that further and then we'll have to bring on more people as, as it grows. Cause there's only so much work that one person can do. Um, for getting a foundation off the ground, I've had to put a lot of personal investment into that. So financial, but also, uh, you know, I do video production work too. So that's a whole nother thing. So I did the use videos and do their edits and, um, y- you know, it took up the majority of my summer when, when I was not working. So you're up till one, 2 AM in the morning working on this stuff and getting three hours sleep and off to work again. But this is what you have to do to, if you want to see growth and what you believe in. Yeah. And then, you know, given what you mentioned earlier, as far as your schedule is concerned, it, it sounds like you've got a lot of time, but you really don't. When you've got your, your time off, it's, you still got the court dates. You still got the on calls uh, that happen, and uh, so it's right. not it's not all this glamorous stuff. Hey, I'm a I'm a you know law enforcement officer, and and you know I've got this great life, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's busy, and I feel that sometimes I'm I'm missing out a little bit because you know when you're when you're trying to juggle things with the foundation stuff, then then you are not necessarily putting the amount of time you need to into lining up future gigs on the Sterling John music side. So. Um, I've actioned a few different things with that and, and assigned a few tasks to a few other people so we can help keep that growing as well. Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a lot of learning for sure. And then you got the music business side of it too. It's not just, it's not just going up and performing it's uh, organization. Um, you know, it's your, your financials, it's uh, running a business, you know, and, uh, Yeah. That's it's fun. A, the, I wouldn't trade it for anything. The the business side of music um, is something that a lot of artists and people in the creative arts don't like to do. They don't like the the business side because it takes time and and maybe they're not as good at it. And so that's why you know either they sign up with a label eventually or they right. you know give that off to somebody else to manage or they try to do it themselves and and are sometimes not very good at it. Uh, and they admit it too, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm I'm very careful about the whole label and management, et cetera, because there's a lot of things that a, uh, that an indie artist can do on their own, but they have to be prepared to put the work into it. Because um, 
you know, you have to, like I was offered a, a signing, oh, like maybe two years ago. And something just didn't feel right about it. And mm -hmm. as I looked more into it, I realized that, you know what? Unless it's the right label and the right fit, I'm not jumping into any label whatsoever because I'm going to get shelved. I'm not going to be able to record yes. the music that I want to record. And secondly, I think some people have grandiose ideas to what's going to happen when they get signed. And music, um, okay, number one, we don't do it to make money. <laughs> we, what? It's like, what? What do you mean? It's what? like a pilot, right? Yeah. Like, uh, an aircraft costs you money uh, just sitting there. Right. And that's the same thing with music. Right. And a lot of people don't realize that if you want to have a band come in to perform, well, you have to pay your players. And, you know, the standard freelance player rate out there is is about five hundred dollars a player. Right. Mm -hmm. So to break even on a gig, if you got a six piece band, your break even is three thousand dollars. That's not even including your tech. Yep. So one thing that I find is a struggle is I really want to ramp up shows in churches across Canada. Uh, I think that'd be great to do a tour tour like that. But the problem is, financially, they don't necessarily pay enough to support a six-piece band. Yeah, that's true. Right. So that is something that we're trying to we're trying to sort out. Um, but because uh, yeah, we'd love to to do a cross uh, cross Canada tour. You know. But we'll have to line up the financials properly too. Yeah, there's sure. a lot of there's a lot of moving parts when it comes to all of that too, because it's not just the you know paying the people in the band, but it's also the transportation, it's the accommodations, it's the uh, like you say you you were mentioning tech guys, it's all of that stuff. Uh, and then so then do you um, scale down and go with more tracks uh, so that you can go as a solo artist or maybe just a couple of people? Uh, maybe it won't sound as good. Do you team up with other people wanting to do the same thing and go as a big group? I've seen that happen, but it you know sometimes it's short lived because you got to still go into the bigger churches that can afford you. And you know churches are churches; they don't necessarily have tons of money for that sort of thing either, right? That's right. Yeah, well, it's it's a lot of fun though. Everything that's going on, and uh, we're actually going to be recording a new song here next week. Um, Nice. We got a producer flying in from BC for that, and then we're going to release that song in early 2024. Cool, Sterling. Thank you so much for hanging with us. I will. Uh, I will end with this. I'm. I'm not sure if I'd want people to know this, but I have actually been in the back of a police cruiser. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but in fairness, it doesn't sound. Uh, it, it sounds probably worse than it actually was. I was a kid. Uh, was living in this neighborhood, and my little brother, who's about two years younger than me, he must have been about three at the time. He wandered off and got lost or something like that. And so my mom called the police to to look for them for him. And. Uh, I have no idea how the police officer figured out where to go, but he put me in the back and so because I would recognize him, right? And uh, yeah. we found him about, oh, I, I would, several blocks away. Like, I have no clue how we got there or why, <laughs> uh, but we found him several blocks away. And that was my only uh, time ever in the back of a police cruiser. Hopefully the last time, if you know what I mean. 
Well, I'll tell right. you something really funny here. Just the other day, um, I found two eight-year-old kids uh, walking in rural Parklands County, Alberta, and they had their backpacks on. The one kid had the backpack on the front. He was eating his lunch cookies, and this is at 9.30 a.m. Mud all over their shoes. So anyways, I was talking to the one kid, and uh, I said, what's your name? And the one kid's like, do we have to tell you what her name is? I'm like, yes, I'm the police. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so anyways, the one kid gives me his name, and then the other kid starts giving me a name, and then his buddy oh, interrupts gosh. him. He's like, no, we need to tell him our real name. <laughs> right? oh, so I'm like, where are you guys going? They're like, oh, we're going to his dad's cabin in Saskatoon. I'm like, okay, number one, you guys are going the wrong way. <laughs> number two, Saskatoon is like a six-hour drive the other way. And they're walking, right? They're walking. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you, anyways, I figured it out. They got eight kilometers away from school. They were all at school, him and his buddy. And uh, they ended up, instead of going into class, they went on an adventure to go to the cabin in Saskatoon. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> so I brought them back home. It was like seconds away from an Amber Alert, but uh, it was pretty funny, actually. I guess at that age, yeah, they're they're out for an adventure, uh, and who doesn't like to skip school? Not that I ever did that, of course. <laughs> yeah, but young enough to be a, a you know a concern, like you say, you're a, you're a police officer, you're making sure everybody's safe, and uh, these guys are out there and probably going to get into trouble. Um, you know as far as uh, being too far away to get back home or hungry or, you know, who knows what else worse could happen to them. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, it's been a pleasure talking to you guys. And yeah, I agree. We've been, we've been juggling schedules to try and make this happen today, but we got her done. Yep. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for uh, connecting with us. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Thank Goodbye. you. Bye-bye. Check out sterlingjohn.ca to find out what he is up to. All right. And before we go, we're going to check out some artist advice from a buddy of ours, Mr. Ben Stoke. Well, I think the piece of advice I would collectively give to worship sound techs or AV techs and worship bands is to collectively remind ourselves what we're doing there. You know, we're not cutting records. You know, we're praising Jesus. And, uh, you know, one time I asked a class, I said, okay, how many of you have ever been paid to do sound? And a few hands went up and a lot of them are volunteers. And then I said, okay, of those of you who have your hands in the air, how many of you have paid your mortgage by doing sound? And every hand went down. I said, okay, so uh, there's nothing wrong with being paid to do sound in your church. And there's nothing wrong with, with being paid to play guitar in your church. But in many, many cases, that's not the case. So we're all volunteers. We're all there giving of our talents. We're all there, you know, ultimately to support the, the, the ministry and to help people, you know, uh, be in a place of worship. So sort of, um, I guess, check the ego at the door, uh, approach everything with a spirit of kindness and partnership and just, uh, you know, have a good dialogue between the stage and the board. And, you know, as, as Christians remind ourselves what we're trying to do there on a Sunday morning. I love that. Just a reminder of the importance of maintaining a sense of humility yeah. and it's it just it's sobering you know it's not about us it's not about you and me it's it's the big picture it's it's supporting the ministry right. the words he used were supporting the ministry which is so true because very often we can think <laughs> well you know if it weren't for me if it weren't for me this would not happen <laughs> 
You know, it probably would. Thank you very much. Right, right. Well, that is it. There's the music. It's time for us to go. Thank you very much for uh, checking us out once again on Between the Grooves. And thank you to Sterling John for hanging out with us as well. We appreciate it. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, X, and IG. listening to Faith Strong Today's Between the Grooves podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, would you consider sharing it with your friends, rating our podcast, or giving us some love on your socials to your amazing friends and followers will only help us reach more people. We'd also love to hear from you and share your feedback in an upcoming episode. Send your video or written message to Aisha and James on Facebook and Twitter at Between Grooves or email us anytime. Hello at faithstrongtoday.com. 